We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. A burrito replacement. That's right. There's no Taco. replacement for a burrito. <laughs> Nachos. This is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast from rotowire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For player news, projections, DFS lineup optimizers, and more, please visit rotowire.com slash soccer. And now, here are Andrew Laird, Skylar Redpath, and J.D. Basso. Welcome back to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. My name is Andrew Laird, Senior Soccer Editor of Rotowire.com. I'm joined tonight, as I always am, talking Major League Soccer with J.D. Bazo and Skylar Redpath. Guys, we're in the middle of a double game week. Um, we only had three matches last weekend, so we have nine this weekend, which makes DFS a little um, a little more interesting. I don't know if it's necessarily more fun, 
Um, certainly there's more work to put in. Uh, do you guys, uh, how are your season long teams doing after that first round of matches? I got a big jump. I'm uh, 339, but oh. I before the week, I think I was uh, 1,500 or so. How about you, Skylar? It's better than me. I'm sitting around 1,200. Um, I think the first batch of games, I did okay. I ended up captaining Pedro Morales instead of Diaz. I think it was between those two for me, and uh, Diaz actually ended up with a few more points than Morales, so... Um, I don't know. We'll see. It was a decent week for me. I'm kind of slow out of the gate to start the year, so I, I need to bounce back. Yeah, I, I went with Diaz, which certainly helped. I'm at 614 right now, which um, I still am angry about Pedro Morales scoring another penalty kick. Um, yeah, that's getting ridiculous. <laughs> At least two of them have been pretty questionable yep. calls, if you ask me. I was I wonder following... what the record is for most PK goals in a season. Like it's... he's got to be getting kind of close. You would think. And how about how about in a row? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's at he's at four and three games. Like without a normal goal, yeah. Yeah, he. Uh, I think Kletchen had five last year, which seemed like a really high number. And right. Morales is no, 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 five for the season. Oh, wow. but like five penalty goals felt like a lot. Um. Maybe it's not, but five for a season seems like a lot when, but Morales is at four after four games right now. But uh, yeah, I didn't have him uh, in DFS because I was like, well, he just doesn't score open play goals. Like that'll come back. That'll catch he's, up at some point. Yeah. He's not really doing anything else otherwise either. And like two seasons ago, he he was up there like with the top midfielders scoring tons of bonus points but not the way he's playing recently. You would think Houston would have been a great opportunity to do that, but he didn't even get one attacking bonus point on the FMLS game. Mm-hmm. He's he's only taken five shots in the three games, so he's yeah. only taken two that were, or I'm sorry, one that was not a penalty. <laughs> it's like that's uh. right. Yeah, it seemed like he used to take set pieces too uh, a couple years ago, and now I guess with Bolaños and. To care, to care in the mix, yeah. then yeah, he's kind of taking a back seat there. So feels like any points really that you're good. gonna earn, yeah, he's still good. He's still, uh, you know, he's still gonna have some games that he's but besides I... penalty, besides PK goals, he's still gonna have games where he just breaks out with some nice open play goals too. Yeah, but I mean, free kicks. He looked like one of the better free kick takers in the league two years ago, mm-hmm. and even last year, I think he had a couple really nice ones. Yeah, it's um, it's got to catch it's, up at some point, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's really tough to bank on him in FMLS when there's not a double game week. So safe to say he's not long for my team. I was just about to say that I picked him up for the double game week, and I'm ready to drop him the second his game ends. <laughs> yeah, he he does play DC United and RSL the next two weeks, which are both kind of tempting to keep him for. But I think the opportunity cost is just better switching to somebody else. Yeah. If he scores again this week, I'll make you know we'll all make a nice little profit of you know <laughs> two tenths or whatever it is. But um, I hope people took our our advice of picking up Barrios because that certainly would have paid off. We didn't uh, not that you didn't see it coming, but two goals was probably a lot more than anybody likely expected out of him. Um, but yeah, did you guys end up having him or no? Not on my MLS team, no. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. 
Same here. <laughs> it was, uh, I think, Kakuta Mane, I think, was priced around the same. So he was kind of the guy that I slid in at that price point. Mm-hmm. And obviously, uh, Barrios was the play there. Yeah, I'm not sure. He's another one I don't think he'd ever really consider without a double game week. So, um, so let's go into this week, this weekend's matches. Um, one team that is playing their second of the round is New England. They're at home this Friday against the Red Bulls. Two teams that are uh, struggling a bit. Certainly the the Red Bulls, even with that um, big come-from-behind uh, win over the Dynamo, I guess that's two weeks ago now. Uh, JD, when you look uh, at, at a game like this of two teams that are kind of struggling, do you look at, Basically, do you just avoid it, or do you try to figure out which of the which of these guys are going to bounce back? I'm definitely not avoiding this game if I'm playing the Friday night uh, slate. I think the Red Bulls are gonna gonna have a great performance, even though they're on the road. I think they're just a a much better team than New England at this point. Mm-hmm. New England is giving up, I think, some of the most shots of any team in the league, and that's not just a a short trend. I think it's something that's going to happen. All year long, they don't have. Um, they really just don't have a a dominant position anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like they're not a dominant possession team. Their midfield is certainly full of good players, but they don't really lock things down. Uh, their play on the wings isn't awesome. So everything's okay, but I just don't think it's really coming together yet. And I think the Red Bulls are gonna gonna break out this weekend. Okay, yeah, I, we should mention that a lot of the guys who are away for international duty should be back this one, although there's always uh, occasionally some travel issues that push guys and they may not start, but New England should have Lee Wynn back. And uh, was he? I think he was the only, or I guess Javon Watson, um, I believe is suspended uh, since he wasn't able to serve it last week. But uh, Skylar, do you have, is there anyone other than Chris Tierney that you'd, you'd play from New England? Yeah, uh, Lee Wynn, and if uh, I guess I didn't realize that Watson was out, even though we talked about it, but um, maybe London Woodbury. I think he had a decent game filling in last week. Last week for him, uh, no, he only had five points. He had a few crosses, but it seemed like last season he was a guy that you could count on for a good bit of crosses. So I don't know. I probably won't play anybody other than maybe Tierney and Lee Wynn from the Revs if I'm playing the Friday slate. Woodbury actually favorited my tweet about how bad his hair was last <laughs> yes. weekend. I I said the Rebs uh, deserve that red card just for rostering his hair, <laughs> and then he came on and uh, favored it, verified account and everything. And there you go. Then I gave him some props for embracing it. It was <laughs> like um, your fantasy team just for the favorite. He actually wasn't bad last weekend. Yeah, he was trying to send in some crosses, but. People forget that he's like a converted center back, so he's not really the greatest crosser, but he's certainly a willing crosser, which is really all that matters for DraftKings purposes. There were at least two different times where he was flying down the right side and went to send in a cross, and the ball ended up 30 rows deep behind the goal. (laughs) I mean, like not even remotely close to the field. Yep. And... I mean, just like you said, he he looked like a guy who spent most of his career at center back and was not used to kicking the ball in that in that fashion. Right. Um, so, are you willing to trust BWP? Uh, 
what's what his, his price is a little high for me this week. It'll be high all season, right? I mean, there's no reason to think. You're you're probably right, but I mean, GPP. If he, yeah, definitely GPP. Definitely not cash at that price because you're not going to be able to squeeze in more of the cash targets that you need. But yeah, I think I said a couple of weeks ago, he just he's feels like he's due for a goal, and he's been inching really close. I mean, he's had some point blank opportunities that he usually puts away that hasn't haven't gone his way. So it's going to happen sooner or later. It could be this weekend against the Leaky Revs. Do you like him the most of any of the Red Bulls? Attackers? No way. Sasha Kleshton is my number two midfielder this week, yeah. I believe. Yeah, yeah, he is. Uh, huge fan. Not just yeah. because he had a big game last week, but he's getting a ton of scoring chances, setting up a ton of scoring chances, and he's unlucky to not have two more goals and two more assists on the year. Yeah, he's my top attacker from the Red Bulls as well. Okay. It's worth noting that Gonzalo Verón, I think, is going to be out. Yes. And also, Kamar Lawrence, I think, got hurt last night in oh. his World Cup qualifier. So he's a, a questionable at best. They yep. – oh, that's that's trouble. <laughs> I feel like they're – do they have anybody left who's healthy on the back line? Um. Yeah, because Gideon Ba is out as well. Yeah. I think so. Connor well, Lade actually came on late Wade, right? in their last game, and he actually looked like a nice little spark plug for him. So he's twenty eight hundred. Um, if he starts, I don't think he's worth a look. Yeah, it's probably. I guess it's gonna be him, Salzizo. Um, we met, and I don't know. That's right. Is, <laughs> is Zubar gonna be back no. or no? No, Zubar's out too. Wow, so I think they were talking at one point of moving Kamar Lawrence inside, they but were. if he's hurt, they can't do that. Right. Uh, that's a good question, what happens then? That's why I was wondering if maybe the revs were the right call here. I, st- I still don't think so. Still don't think, okay. I mean, they could, definitely get a, yeah, they could definitely get a goal, but I mean, I, I think New York's going to be fine. Okay. I also yeah. don't know who's going to start for the Revs. I imagine Charlie Davies, but I thought Agudelo looked good last game. Yeah, Agudelo looked good. Uh, Fagundes actually looked pretty good. I could see the Revs. Uh, I could see the Revs putting up a couple here. I, I mean, I think it might be a good back and forth game. I can't call who's going to win, but I wouldn't be surprised if New England wins. Both teams have given up big goal, you know, big numbers of goals this season. At, at different points. So, um, in fact, I think the Dynamo have six goals against the two of them. But you're right. Well, uh, we're not sure how whether that says more about Houston or or them. But uh, two teams. We're going to move to Saturday. Two teams that um, could certainly use plenty of goals. Chicago at home against Philly. Uh, two. These are like the two teams that you always want to target against, um, <laughs> and they happen to be playing each other now. So how do we how do we play this one? Well, their offenses have both been fine this year, so yeah. I still think you target uh, attacks against each other. Okay. I wouldn't be upset taking players from both sides of this one on the attacking side. There's some questions about whether David Akam's going to play or not, but if he does, uh, he's probably in uh, at least half my lineups. Yeah, um, we you know we'd be remiss if we didn't mention CJ Sapong as quickly as possible. Um, is he? Is he the best option if Akam does not play? 
in the entire game. Yeah. Uh, I'm seeing you have Gilberto straight... one spot ahead. Yeah, that that's going to be tough because I think Chicago just – they're at home. I think they have a better chance to score goals. But uh, Sapong and Gilberto are very close. Yeah, I'm, I'm Gilberto over Sapong. Uh, for me, I think Gilberto's – especially if it comes out, then Gilberto's the man for them. He's – especially towards the uh, latter part of – of last season he was he looked really sharp and he was a guy that I was pretty high on coming into this season um I think he got hurt the first game so he's been kind of a letdown through the first uh several games but uh, I think this is a prime spot for him so he's a guy that I'm going to be targeting and then I think probably my favorite play from this game is still Arturo Alvarez is still really cheap um still sending in a lot of crosses I thought that Goosens might eat into some of that but it doesn't look like he has so far i think alvarez had nine crosses last game so 3600 that's uh that's a cash game target for me and in the back i'd say maybe uh rodrigo ramos looked really good on the wing he's a guy that gets involved in the attack he's getting forward on the wing so uh, i'd say from that game and those three guys from the fire probably my my main three targets. I actually like those guys a lot. I like uh, Iguan and Nike too is kind of a GPP uh, punt play. I think he's a guy that we've seen break out and have a big game from time to time. So might be a good spot for him too. We always talk about how DraftKings tends to heavily favor pricing wise, the home goalkeepers, but Matt Lampson and Andre Blake are both 3,800 bucks. I'm not sure what I to take from that. I prefer Andre Blake because as much as I prefer Chicago for goals, that I think that means also Andre Blake's going to have opportunity for more saves. Yep. And I feel like he's less likely to get like three or four goals poured into the net than Chicago and Lampson are. Um, New York City FC law gave up three at Chicago. Right, yeah. So I don't know how I feel about that one. Pretty crazy looking at Blake's game log, though. Just double the digits. First three games it. of the season, yeah, he's pretty much averaging like 15, 14 points a game. Um, of course, they've won two of those, which have been a little bit of a surprise from the Union. But he's had. Uh, you didn't have that clean sheet win over Columbus. You you didn't. No, <laughs> it was it was two to one, wasn't it? Oh, was it two to one? Yeah, he yeah, gave I up a so. goal, but still had fifteen points. Yeah. And it was on the road, which was really impressive. So, well, yeah. Now, uh, now that you point, good. Just saying, not somebody to ignore at that price. Yeah, now that you pointed out the game log, I see New England only got two shots on Philadelphia's defense that starts three people who never played an MLS game before <laughs> uh, March third or whatever. So that's maybe that's a reason why I'm not a big fan of New England. That's fair. Okay, um, we'll move on to the next game, which uh, is Toronto at Colorado. Uh, Colorado will not have Tim Howard to try to break up or try to stop Sebastian Javinko. The you guys have Javinko back at the top, um, which is you know unsurprising, uh, but he's been kind of disappointing this season so far. Um, he. I say that as his game log is 27 <laughs> and 31 
and then it was his ten pointer, I guess. Maybe that's the one that's burned into my mind. With five shots. Right. Um and yet so he scored ten points off a ninety six hundred dollar salary, and now he's up to ninety seven. It's that's a really hefty salary when you have uh this many games, meaning you have uh you know, you just have a lot of options of players. Does that make does that make it easier to fit Javinko in or harder because there are more, you know, of the eight thousand, seven thousand dollar guys that you'd also like to fit in that you likely won't be able to because of Javinko? Yeah, most weeks I would say that, you know, just having more games and more value plays makes it easier to fit Javinko in. But I think uh it's kind of trending and not because of how he plays. Uh, I don't think he's really uh, a risk to put into your lineup. But I, I just find myself going with some other players instead because I like how my lineup looks a lot more. Um, I think defenders are – there's becoming a huge gap in the talent of defenders and how they're priced. And um, if if you go all like 3,000 or less guys anymore, I'm not sure that it's going to work out in daily fantasy. So – um, I'm kind of trying to start getting some of the upper tier defenders, which means you definitely can't afford Javinko. Um, it it's definitely like a tug of war between the two, though, because obviously, if you don't get Javinko's thirty point game, then it's going to be really tough to to place in cash games, or pretty much yeah. anywhere. I feel like. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I agree with what JD said. I think for the for this slate especially, it just seemed like after Giovinco, the forward uh, pool really dropped off. There wasn't really any forward that jumped out at me. And it just, especially for cash, it just seems like you almost have to find a way to pay up for them because there's so many guys that are question marks. Like there's not really anyone forward other than him that I feel like uh, has a really amazing matchup and i don't even think he like i actually think the rapids deserve a little bit of respect defensively Man. coming out of the season <laughs> coming out of the gate this season so um i don't think he has an amazing matchup by all means but he's giovinko so i just he's always going to be at the top of the heap for me and i just think you've got to find a way to squeeze him in this week this is always my argument with the rapids though name me i mean can you name their four defenders? If you can't name their four defenders, you should probably feel all right playing forwards against them. Certainly yeah, the Mark best Birch, one. Mikhail Williams, Hoberry, and I don't know who they're... Uh, Jared who, Watts, a guy who isn't uh, even uh, a defender. Yeah, he's Watts. a he's a defensive midfielder. Yeah, three of four. Give me a little credit. <laughs> no, it's, hey, that's impressive. Most that people is impressive. get three. Yeah. I, I wasn't saying that I think you have to have Jovinko this week, though. I'm thinking you don't. It, it feels like this you'll be able to win more tournaments this year without him than you were last season. I think you're fair? probably right. Yeah, especially in this, like, eight-game away or eight, yeah, eight games to start the season on the road for Toronto. Mm -hmm. I don't, you know I don't buy into the road game all that much, but it's just there's going to be a dud or two in there. So, and if you win, if every week you fade Javinko and you hit the right players, all you need to do is get that right one or two weeks and you're in the green. Yep. If he just had a dud, how many duds in a row does he have? He doesn't have very many duds in a row. It just, 
the bounce back's got to be there for him. He's also in the dangerous territory where he now knows that he can turn it on and off whenever he wants, which kind of is what happens with Clint Dempsey. And so, and I don't know. It's all just a matter of is he going to come out as hungry as he was in his first season all the time. I think he probably will, but I don't know. He's just not a must-play for me anymore, um, at least on a slate like this where I think Dom Dwyer is almost a must-play. Wow. Even though he doesn't get a lot of peripheral points, I mean, I think he's way up there. David Akam's up there. I already said I loved Kleshton, and if I want him and Mauro Diaz, uh, that's two $7,000 midfielders. So, yeah, it's just what what's your, your option this week? There's so many ways to go, and I, I don't know that Javinko has to be a play. Okay. I, okay. Do you prefer uh, Gashi or Powers on the other side? I think Gashi might play center forward because Kevin Doyle got a huge chunk oh, taken gosh. out of his leg. One of the gr- grossest uh, things I've ever seen in my life. I was like so angry with the internet because I, I saw all these <laughs> tweets like, this is the most disgusting injury you'll see. Click here if you want to see it. And I'm like, well, I appreciate that because I don't want to see it. And so I will not click on it. And then there are like the five tweets like, this is the grossest injury. And there's the picture right on my Twitter feed. <laughs> and I was like, oh. I, I honestly can't believe that that happened from a soccer play. Like, it looks like <laughs> he just got in the way of, like, a guillotine. Yeah. It was awful. Um, so, yeah, he won't be playing. <laughs> so uh, so does that mean you like Gashi just because he's in that position? I mean, Toronto hasn't been fantastic defensively. I like him as a GPP play. Like, yeah. he could be a GPP guy that wins somebody a tournament. He's He's another guy that's ready for a huge breakout game. He, came, he was brought over to score goals. So I feel like I'm a broken record. I think I've said it a couple of times. Like he's a he's one. He was one of the top goal scorers. Um, what was it in Belgium or? Yeah. Um. I just it feels like he's he's got a game in him where he's going to go off. So he's been close a couple of times. He's been just over the crossbar maybe three times this season. Would you play him over? Uh, would you play him and Powers? Uh, in a tournament, sure, yeah. but I mean, definitely not in cash. I would play Gashi in cash, though. I don't have a problem with that. Hmm. If he starts at center forward and he's midfield eligible, sure. Right. No, it was the Swiss league that he lit up. My bad. But either way, <laughs> I get that way, mixed up too. Yeah, that changes everything. I'm out. Yeah, on but him. the Rapids basically are, you know, they've. Brought him in. I think they're paying him a pretty good chunk of money, and he hasn't even scored a goal yet. So they're also he's... playing him on the wing and playing Kevin Doyle up top, which is the most backwards thing ever. So that's very frustrating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they can't play him now. So right. <laughs> <laughs> All so right. gosh, he's uh, gosh, he's a target for me. I like him this week. Okay. Yep. Uh... And Mikhail Williams. I think he's a, a good value in defense. Right. Yeah, I like that. I like that call, even though I still can't look at his name and think it's spelled correctly. <laughs> um, looking at the next game, we've got um, RSL at KC, where, J.D., you were just uh, hyping up Dom Dwyer. We were talking before the podcast about how 
RSL uh, may try to use MLS's new extreme hardship rule because they only have 14 healthy bodies, or at least available ones. Beckerman is suspended. Burrito Martinez is suspended. Yamasan Alave is suspended. Mavsisian is hurt. Uh, Javier Morales is hurt. They've got a whole bunch of other guys who don't play as much that are also hurt. Um, I understand why you would go all over Dwyer uh, at that point. Is it, I mean, it's pretty much everybody, right? It's Zuzi and we might see Failhaber come back. Is there anybody you wouldn't play from, from uh, KC, JD? Uh, I wouldn't play Sony Mustavar. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> uh but then again, he might make value just with interceptions and tackles, mm. which is uh, kind of his bread and butter as a defensive midfielder. But, yeah, I think uh, just any Kansas City player is really going to be a, a solid bet this weekend. Uh, Connor Hallisey is a guy that's been getting a start. He'd get in there for me. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to discriminate. I think Kansas City should win this by multiple goals easily. Yeah. And this is a nasty rivalry too, so it should. I think Failhaber is going to be back. Do you think? Which he's, means, I mean, starting. Yeah, I in, think he starts. Oh, okay. Which means we don't get Jordy Cantia's value, who's been getting into my lineups a lot lately. Yep. Uh, not really producing that much, but yeah, um, I feel bad for RSL. Even before all those injuries, I mean, they weren't good defensively, so. I don't know what makes anyone think they're going to be any better defensively now, except they got Alave off the field, which might actually help them. Because mm-hmm. he, he's been really bad. He pretty much has been a liability every game and maybe half the games last season, too. Skylar, what do you think about your boy Jordan Allen? Uh, I like Allen. I think if he plays and if he starts, then... I might look at him. Uh, I think for me, the play in this game though is Zusi, and I ranked him so high. Am I? He's another one of those. That, um, you're looking at the forward pool, and he just—I don't feel like there's a ton of great options. So that's why I threw Zusi up at number two because he's been so good on crosses and just picking up stats across the board, other than goals or assists. That. Uh, I feel like he's worthy of, you know, a cash game play. So um, I think Salt Lake is a team that I love to target against or target crossing players against. So Zussi fits the bill for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I just... Not if Michael Bradley's going to step in and take away all of his corner kick duties <laughs> and his duties. Right. I don't know if anyone caught the Klinsman interview before the game. But he was saying how he brought Zussi in because he's so sharp on set pieces and corners. And Zussi literally took one before Bradley just took them all over. Took him back. With deservedly. I think Zussi is really, at best, he's hot and cold on corner kicks. I think sometimes he just misses them wildly, and it's very frustrating. Yeah, Bradley did did well last night. Bradley's a much better just at getting it into the air, like, the general area he needs to. Yes. I think Zussi tries to hit it perfectly every time. And that's definitely not, I don't think that's a good quality on a corner kick taker. Yeah. I guess I'm a little concerned too about Zussi starting. Um, I mean, I think he will, but I actually feel like there's a possibility that he might not since he was involved last night and 
it would almost be worse coming back yeah it would almost be worse if he started and only played like 60. do they yeah that's a little bit of a concern for me do they give a, a longer run to brad davis then maybe yeah possibly and i think if uh i mean i guess if phil hobber takes over for kentia then this would probably rule out what I'm about to say about Kentia, but I think Kentia might shift over to the uh, set pieces if Zeusy's out. Um, but if Fellhaber's in, then I think Fellhaber would take him. Brad Davis can take a good set piece too. Yeah, that's he's not great. like the guy yeah. that you see lining up in like the Dempsey zone, like right outside the 18. You never really yeah. see him drilling shots from there. But it, if they're from the yeah. side, he swings them in all the time. And he's, uh, that's why it's so hard to read Sporting KC. They've got they've got so many good set piece takers. I think we were struggling with that early in the season, doing some of the preseason rankings. Yeah, yeah, and I mean they're not they're definitely in like the earlier half of the games. I think yeah, they're the the fourth one out of eight on this slate. So it's not like we won't have options to pivot to if we plan for a couple guys, but you definitely can't go all in on on their midfield and forward without knowing who's going to start. Cause there are multiple options. Right. Yeah. But Salt Lake's the team to target though. If you're looking for those trying to squeeze as many of those good crossers into your lineup, just to get those points from crosses, this Salt Lake's in the team to feast on early on. Oh, I just see a disaster of going heavy on Casey and having all of them play 46 minutes and, <laughs> ugh. I mean, we'll just play Tim Malia in goal. And there you go. Good. There you go. I just see myself getting angry on Saturday. Um, let's move over to uh, Columbus at Dallas, which there's a ton of firepower in this game. So Mauro Diaz seems like the easy, uh, the easy one to pick from this game. Kamara is, is anybody willing to pay 9,100 bucks for Kai Kamara? I'll have him in a tournament lineup, but that's it. Just yeah. one, probably. Right. Yeah, that's it. That's uh, that's Giovinco territory for me, and and Kamara is not even close right now. the The problem at that price is that you need a huge game, and I'm just I don't see the huge game coming against Dallas. I mean, I I realize they gave up five goals to Houston, but I just Luke. can't see them getting blasted again. Yeah, I don't think so either. Is there anyone other than Kamara from Columbus you guys like? I guess maybe Afoul or uh, Francis on that side. Yeah, I like Iguain. Okay. Iguain's still a target for me. Um, he's priced, he's 6,800. So it's about uh, Clint Dempsey, a little bit higher than Lee Wynn little bit higher than Fabian Castillo. So I think out of all those guys, then I actually think Iguain's probably the top play. I do think uh, Dempsey's going to have a good game. We'll, we can get to that once we get to that game. But I like Iguain at that price point. I'm going to disagree on Iguain because I think FC Dallas, they, have a, they do a great job of kind of shutting down the opposing team's top player. Um, I think they have three of probably the top 10 or 15 defensive midfielders in the entire league. Uh, Yujo has been awesome. Kellen Acosta is probably not going to start because he's been on uh, two tough games against Columbia for the U23s. 
But they, then they have Carlos Gruezo, who's probably the, the highest ceiling of all of them. So even though Iguain kind of runs around, finds pockets of space, um, this is probably one of the worst matchups for him out of any of the teams he could be playing. And they're going to Dallas. So I I just think he's a little too expensive for for kind of where his median output looks like it's going to be this week. I mean, he could he always has potential to have a big game, but I just think there's there's better bets for the price than him this week. And even I mean, if you're playing a tournament, Ethan Finley for 100 more would be awesome. Kind of how we talk about a guy that's he costs more but is going to be underused relative to the the other option. Um he kind of got robbed of a goal this weekend. Oh, I felt so bad and, for him last night. Yeah, and um well, I was laughing because he was celebrating and everyone else was playing. Yeah, and the he whole was. Crowd knew. <laughs> and I, I actually am not a I'm not a fan of Ethan Finley on the national team, but that's a story for probably another podcast. But I think he could have a big week because Dallas is most susceptible on the wing, and I don't think he's going to be going at Hollingshead. He'll be going at uh, whoever they throw out at left back if it's Minor Figueroa or. Uh, I don't know who Atiba Harris, Zach Lloyd might pop out there. So that's their vulnerable area. So I think Finley would be good there. Would you consider Miram at 46? Probably not yeah. because he's going to go against Hollingshead then, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, it's a, it's an okay value, but I just think there's better better players out there in that range. Okay. I agree, but had to ask. Uh, sure. Either goalie here. We have Jesse Gonzalez back. Yeah, he's just too Gonzalez. expensive. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> that was I'll perfect. Like him. <laughs> uh, um, he is the most expensive keeper on the slate, but if you have the money, then I don't. Uh, I don't think it's a bad play at all. I think that Dallas is going to get the win, and possibly a shutout. If he doesn't get a shutout, then I think that we'll see him get some saves. Yeah. From from uh, shots off Kamara and Iguain, so I think he's going to be under owned because of his price. So I like him. Yeah, you have to bank on a lot of saves, which is possible, but it's just a, Columbus is such a good attack, probably one of the better ones in the league. And I don't know. I don't think that he's probably even in the top five possible keepers to get a shutout. So I'm probably going to just shy away from him at that price. Okay. Um, let's move on to the next game because, Skylar, you already hinted you like um, Clint Dempsey this week. Is it are, is it confirmed that Drogba will not play because they're on turf? We just I can't imagine that he – yeah, I can't imagine that he would play on turf. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. But... There was a great line from Nigel de Jong this week. Um, I forget what his injury was, but they're – um, they asked him about playing on turf because they're playing Vancouver. We'll get to that in a little bit. And he basically was like, "No, I'm a soccer player. I can play on turf." <laughs> I was like, "Right." I and thought of Drogba immediately. If Nigel Dion can play on Vancouver's turf, Drogba should certainly be able to play on Seattle's, which is everyone's raving about how good Seattle's turf is now yep. that they got a, a new surface. Vancouver's is historically known as one of the worst ones in the league, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think they basically took the floor from the Astrodome and brought it up to Vancouver. Right. 
Yeah, and Seattle's everyone says is great now. Mm-hmm. Um, so Skyler, sell us on Clint Dempsey. Well, he had nine shots last game at home against Vancouver. He didn't score any of them. <laughs> um, still ended up with 14 points. I think zero. So. That, was it zero on goal, too? Yeah, zero yeah. shots on goal. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Are you so. sure they didn't mix up the crosses and the shots? <laughs> That's a lot of shots to not have a single one touch the goalie's gloves. Or Potentially the, the, shots. the yeah. most ever without a goal. <laughs> So, yeah, it might be an interesting stat to research. At least without um, a shot on target. Right. Who takes nine shots after missing the first? Like, who takes the ninth after they missed eight? Mm-hmm. Then goes in and scores for the national team. Right. Like, <laughs> Outside. <laughs> it ain't no thing. Yeah, so I don't know. I think I just – it seems like maybe um, with that being said, this last game maybe – Seattle's kind of rounded the corner realizing that and I think that they probably already knew that Dempsey was going to have to be their go-to guy. So maybe he's getting more opportunities. Maybe he's being um, pushed to shoot more, take more chances. And maybe he just, you know, that's maybe the match just worked out nice for him. But I, I feel like the Sounders have to have Dempsey doing something or else they're not going to be able to score goals. So, yep. um, just maybe this goal that he scored against Guatemala in the World Cup qualifier gave him a little bit of of confidence, and I just I, I'm big on him this weekend. I think that he's gonna, um, I think he's due for like a 25 or 30 point game coming up, and I don't want to I don't want people to be without him if he does have it. I'm not saying he's like a cash game target, but he's a good, really good tournament player. Okay. Um... JD, do you take anyone ahead of Piotti in this game? No, I don't think so. I like Piotti. I like Ivan Schitz as well. Speaking of 30-point games, he had one last uh, last match. He scored mm-hmm. a beautiful free kick. He's more consistent than Dempsey. He actually tries every game, unlike <laughs> Clint Dempsey. Um, I mean, yeah, Dempsey carries confidence into every match, but sometimes he's just misused. He just doesn't feel like playing, it seems like. Um, I'm kind of jaded of from using Clint Dempsey in daily fantasy because for every one great game you get, you get four or five uh, average at best games from Clint Dempsey these days. Seattle really isn't clicking. I think they're 0-3. Haven't really looked all that great. So Piotti is just on another level than Clint Dempsey right now. Ivan Schitz is more consistent because he gets all those corners, all the set pieces. Um, so that's kind of how I'm looking at it. Like, yeah, uh, Dempsey's a, a solid tournament play, but um, I'm not. Th- I, I wouldn't even be thrilled about using him in a tournament. <laughs> Could come back to bite me, obviously. But. Yeah, Piatti's game log is a little weird though. Thirty-five, twenty-eight, and two. Um, that's fine. It was at Dallas, which is kind of the argument I just made against Iguain, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, would you prefer, uh, Skyler, would you prefer Dempsey at 68 or, or Oduro at 58 for like a utility spot? Uh, who'd you say on the second? I'm sorry. Cut D- out. Dom Oduro. Oh, uh, definitely Dempsey. Okay. Yes. Yeah, P- too- wait, did you say Piotti or, or, or Duro? Oduro. Yeah, okay, Skyler was too busy laughing. Out. He was too busy laughing at that second option. <laughs> <laughs> as much I had to as let just... my dog out. 
as much as I just spoke against Clint Dempsey, I mean, if you're looking for a flex play, uh, he's much better than Odoro. Okay. Yeah, and I actually um, going back to J- what a little bit of what JD was saying. I, I really love uh, Ivan Schitz this weekend. I think he's a great play. He's he's a guy that I think should be targeted pretty much every weekend at this point, especially in cash lineups. Yeah, I'm getting really pretty cheap. pretty upset that he's now broken the five thousand barrier. He started <laughs> the year at thirty eight hundred, which was absurd. Yeah, I mean that especially being said. He's still cheaper than Kellen Rowe and Harry Ship. <laughs> yeah, Chicago fans are so upset they don't have Harry Ship anymore. Uh, so this isn't Harry Ship's two goal outburst? No, nah, I don't think so. No. He has two assists already this year, though. Yeah, by passing it to Piotti at the fifty yard line. <laughs> Amazingly, he has assists in two of three games, and still eleven points is as high this season. <laughs> Well, what cracks me up is Montreal, when they put out their lineup, they always show Piotti, like, at center mid or left mid, and then Ship just gets whichever one Piotti doesn't decide to start in. <laughs> and then Piotti just switches and goes wherever he wants. Wherever he wants, yep. And Ship has to just cover for him. Yep. That's right. Uh, next up is Vancouver hosting the Galaxy. It feels like the Galaxy are still getting priced both in DFS and in the odds that I'm seeing as what they could be as opposed to what they are. Or what they have been. Or what they have been, yep. Uh, Robbie Keane did not play over the international break because of a knee injury that somebody quoted him as saying he was concerned about it. I haven't seen any recent update about that he's definitely going to play. Um. That being said, even if he was available, uh, how many how many Whitecaps players would you likely pick, JD, before you got to a Galaxy player for this game? Ah, that's really tough because like, it's not like Vancouver players really stick out as yep. fantasy options either. Okay. So that's a good question. I, I don't think that Keane would be my first choice if you factored in price. Mm-hmm. But he'd be up there, I guess. I kind of like Jossie Zardes this week. Okay. But as far as Whitecaps go, I mean, Octavio Rivero, I'm still still on that sinking ship. (laughs) He had five shots again, three on target. He just continues to, uh, I don't know, he just keeps getting a lot lot of activity, a lot of offense, but he just can't seem to put one in the back of the net. Um, And... Bolaños is back. So I was going to say like, there's Bolaños. Yeah, Takera I can't seem to count on for more than 60 minutes anymore. He he tempts me every time he starts and <laughs> Morales I I just kind of not a big not a big fan of using cuz I don't want to bank on him just getting all of those PKs. Yeah. The uh the Bolaños one is the one that popped out at me the most. Uh like price-wise, I almost feel like he's the safest option of anybody in this entire game. Yeah, you're probably right. I I also really think that Giovanni Dos Santos is a great option if Keane does not play. Yeah. It sounds like Dos Santos could be back. Yeah, it does. And, and he'll be playing forward if he's back, I imagine, which means that he's midfield eligible, so it yeah. could be a really good value. I mean, he's still basically priced as a forward. I mean, he's priced at the third highest mark for midfielders, but... 
Yeah, you have to. I mean, it's not like you can get a good forward and take him. You have to pick him yeah. and a cheap forward. Yeah. So, Skyler, how do you feel about this game? I uh, kind of agree with most of what you guys already said. I like. Uh, I actually do like Rivero. Uh, I think he's another guy. I'd, I hate saying that somebody's due, but Rivero's actually just one of those goal scorers that's been knocking at the door, and he has. Uh, point totals haven't been bad at all, even though he hasn't been scoring. He's still hitting close to double digits. So I like him, even though it's against the Galaxy. I just, it feels like the Galaxy carry a little, a little bit more of a uh, you know name favoritism just because they're the Galaxy. But I, I'm not really uh, afraid of playing guys against them. Mm-hmm. I think Bolaños is a really good play, especially if he starts coming back off the international break. He's uh, he's probably going to be on most of their set pieces, especially if uh, Takara doesn't start. So, other than that, I do like uh, Blas Perez as a value uh, play at forward if he's back, mm-hmm. um, which he should be coming back off of international duty. And um, I think we talked a little bit about it on the last podcast. He actually seemed to kind of invigorate the attack a little bit and. He looked for an old man. He looked pretty good out there <laughs> with him. So um, I wouldn't mind him at thirty nine hundred if he helps you to uh, squeeze some of the bigger, higher price studs in. How about Mike McGee too? Forty one hundred. He had eight crosses last game. I imagine that some of those were possibly from corners. I yeah. McGee, I don't know. If Keen's out, then I like McGee. Yeah, the other thing is that Gerard's out, which is maybe why the Galaxy are favored on the road because they consider it an improvement <laughs> when Steven Gerrard doesn't play. Um, but that makes sense then that someone else would be taking corners. So, mm-hmm. um, And I guess <laughs> with Gerard out, that means you might see more of Baggio who sit it. Yeah, I think so. I think so. What's weird... If that gets anyone's juices flowing. <laughs> well, the... The odds like them so much that Brian Rowe is four thousand on the road and Usted is thirty six hundred at home. Yeah. So I guess it's safe to say the DraftKings keeper pricing is almost entirely based on uh, the Vegas odds, right? It it seems to be moving that way. Um seemed like it used to just be home keepers in general though, yep. so maybe they've been listening to the podcast and hearing some of JD's rants about the uh, home keeper love. I mean, in fairness, nine of the top 10 are at home, so I don't want to go right. too crazy. <laughs> um, when, I mean, that those are probably the favorites as well. So right. I, th- I believe they are, actually. I don't know. Usted at 3,600 when everybody is else juicy. is. juicy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Hmm. Especially if Tim Parker comes back and starts. I mean, what a performance. <laughs> oh. The ginger hammer. I saw somebody call him on Twitter. He should have been sent off from yesterday's. Uh... Right. Yeah, I agree. Oh man. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, let's move on. DC United at San Jose. Um, Ooh, what a game! This yeah. is going to be worse than Philadelphia Chicago. Um, really? In terms I've... of entertainment, yes. You don't think we're going to see a Wando hat trick? Maybe, but that wouldn't really be that entertaining. That doesn't get you if, going? If DC didn't put up a fight. The Quincy Amaraqua 50-yard goal? Yeah, they're they're due for some goal-scoring regression. <laughs> uh, do you like anyone from this game? 
I do like the San Jose guys. I oh, just okay. don't I don't know that I like them more than other people at their price yeah. on the entire slate. I mean Ameriquois, you'd probably have to be crazy to roster him at fifty six hundred <laughs> when Graham Zussi's three hundred more. Yeah. That seems uh, that I felt like aggressive. A Spindle is four hundred dollars less than Wando. I think he's a safer play, even though he's on the road. Um, just feel like he's able to get a little bit more of those peripheral stats than Wando is just pure shots. And if he scores a goal, that's all you're really going to get out of him. A Spindle, if he's going a full ninety, which DC really needs out of him, then he has the ability to hit probably you know fifteen points, even if he doesn't score or have an assist. So I don't think. Wando really carries that. I don't think anybody, any of the guys in this game other than Espindola really has that upside. Espindola's got 12 shots in his last 120 minutes, which is pretty good. Good for him. I mean, if you get nine shots for 90 minutes, and if you he's, if you don't Dempsey them, you, get, you should have at least 11 points there. Yeah, he's one of those guys that I just, I'm kind of not thrilled about because he's not fun to watch anymore, but he gets a ton of daily fantasy points. So I I don't know. That's kind of my heart's in it more than my head because I watch and I'm like so disappointed that he's not the Fabian Espindola of two years ago. He's right. just old. He's still got the <laughs> he's still got the upside, but he's kind of for anybody that plays uh DFS NBA, he's kind of like the DeMarcus cousins of MLS. He's a like a ticking time bomb. You don't know when he's gonna have a meltdown and do something stupid and get you a silly red card like five <laughs> minutes into the game. So yeah, he's uh, like a he, much, he's a much more skilled Blas Perez almost, but he needs the kind of the rejuvenation that Perez has had in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, he's got some good upside. I mean, if he gets going, then he's gonna pile up the points. But I'd say just out of those out of those options, I like him the most. And Wando always a good option at home. It's hard to say when he's gonna strike for a hat trick. Like it just feels like he's like that one goal and done type of forward these days. Which for seven thousand, you hope that you get a little bit more out of that. But he yeah. he's capable. He's that one goal and done every single game of the season so far, kind of forward. <laughs> yeah, that's what you're paying for. Wanda's a beast. How about? I feel like this could be a game where they let Matias Perez Garcia play. Because DC United on the road, that's not really a team you need to cover for defensively much. But they are a team that can pack it in on the road, and you need like a, a good offensive player to unlock the defense. So I feel like that might be Perez Garcia's role in this one. If he's finally back to full health, and that I mean, he's probably their most skilled player in terms of just technical ability. So I feel like you have to get him going at some point even if he's not a guy you're going to start each and every week. Yeah, when he starts, if he starts and he should be in lineups because he's going to be he's going to be 10 point upside at 4900 which probably need Way a little more bit than more 10 than 10 point that. upside. 10 point floor if he 10 starts. Point floor, yeah, 10 point floor. So if he starts then yeah, he's definitely somebody that I would consider. What do you think about uh Lamar Nagel, 100 bucks less. He's been hitting about 10 points. He's taking corners for DC. Um, you know, he's he's a guy that I had kind of in the past have, have liked as more of a sleeper play, but he seems like a guy that's almost becoming cash game relevant. I'm out. 
You, I think we talked about him so much on the podcast at the beginning of last season. Uh, I'm just not not a fan, and I he can't be taking corners now, can he? Because the spindle is. I was gonna say, wouldn't the spindle take him? And Taylor Kemp. Yeah, I don't know if uh, he's only showing two crosses, but it just seems like when I'm watching their games, he's taking more corners for them than uh, the other guys. So, and and last game, I don't even think uh, Spindle took any corners. It's very possible they just didn't earn very many corners. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> but when they did it, it, it was Nagel that was yeah. grabbing the ball and taking them. It's kind of uh, I was I was surprised. I didn't figure it out of all of them that. A spindle would probably be the number one, but seems like Nagel might be their uh, corner kick taker right now. I think once the whole team's healthy, Nagel is probably not going to end up being a starter after long because you have Rolf, you have to get Luciano Acosta in there soon. And I think Niarco's actually looked good. He hasn't really gotten on the scoreboard in any kind of big way, but I think he's kind of a more dangerous winger. So, yeah, I don't know where Nagel's place is, but he'll definitely have some big games here and there in terms of making value. But he's just a guy. He can have a a wide-open shot from the middle of the box, and he'll just completely miss it. And it's, t- <laughs> it's really tough to rely on guys like that. Yeah, I think I'm just – I guess I, it feels like maybe in his new role in D.C., he's a little bit more reliable, more than more than just those – uh, goals that he would randomly pop up with, like it feels like he's actually picking up stats elsewhere. So, yeah, I don't he's... know. He's kind of on my radar right now, but I like the Nyarko shout. He's about a thousand dollars less and probably just as much upside. Yeah, sounds good. The next game is Sunday. The we only have one Sunday game, um, which should be a good one. Portland at Orlando City. We should uh, be seeing Kaká. Uh, well, note that DraftKings doesn't have this game on their slate. Uh, I'm not sure if Mondo Gold does, but we were uh, hoping we could get a th- three late game Saturday, one Sunday game on the slate. But regardless, I'd like to discuss it a little bit because, like I say, Kaká should be back, which brings them basically to the full team that uh, we were expecting at the beginning of the season. The biggest disappointment I think from this game is that Diego Valeri is not available for the Saturday slate. I kind of wanted to talk about him a little bit because for DraftKings, I is there a better player on DraftKings right now, JD? Uh, probably not because Mauro Diaz just doesn't seem like he's quite at Valeri's level. Because Valeri's probably on more of the super dangerous uh, kind of set pieces. He might earn more corners just because Portland's attack is relentless at kind of just putting shots on target, getting it into the box, whereas kind of FC Dallas is a little more crafty. Um, so they're not always earning quite as many corners. Just That's just what it seems like. I don't have numbers in front of me to back it up. But, yeah, I think Valeri's probably the, the best DraftKings player outside of Jovinko. And I joked with you before the podcast that since we can't use Portland players this weekend, I'm not going to win any money. <laughs> right. Because, <laughs> I mean, Valeri kind of makes anyone a good daily fantasy player. Certainly feels that way. I mean, I'm I'm not sure I've ever seen. Was it 26 crosses that he had in the last <laughs> game? Yeah, and their whole team had 49 crosses, I think. Yeah, that I saw that. 
and well, what I saw that he had the I forget even how many points he had, but I remember thinking to myself like I'm pretty sure he didn't have a hat trick, and then I saw 26 <laughs> or 27, 28, whatever, how many many crosses it was. Like I've I don't think I've ever seen that that many. Um, Skyler, if this game was available. Um, who's after Valeri in this game? Is it Adi? Is it Kaká? Is it Kyle Laren? Uh, it's probably Kaká for me. I think Kaká's ready to come out strong and, and have a good game. So he's been pretty vocal about how excited he is leading up to the game. And um, I think Orlando City could really use uh, spark from him. So um, I'd probably go with Kaká. And then I'd say maybe after that, um, I don't know. I don't know. JD's going to probably disagree, but I'd say maybe Laren and then Adi after that. You yeah, do have is... Laren ranked ahead of Adi. Which is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Fernando Adi's been probably the best forward, true forward, not like little sneaky Javinko forward. Fernando <laughs> Adi's been the best true forward in the league by far this season. Okay. He's been His... good. His hold-up play is dominant. He draws fouls like crazy because people can't handle him. He just makes people look silly in the box. He outmuscles them. And he's really not just, like, dominant in the air. He puts his body in great positions to get the best shot off possible. Mm-hmm. He's just everything you want in a forward in MLS. Hmm. Yeah, I don't really have anything to argue with how strong he's been he's definitely been solid i think maybe the matchup i don't know maybe i'm giving orlando's d a little bit too much credit um i just may and it might be another one of those hunch uh hunches that i've got but it feels like orlando's gonna have a big big game against portland i actually think they're gonna win like three to one or something like that so i could see Skyler's just mad that Adi is uh, competing with Will Bruin for the goal lead right now. <laughs> uh, but Adi could be that one. So I, I just feel like Laren might have a few more chances than Adi this game. And um, it's it's close. I mean, either one of them could outperform the other, but maybe I'm giving too much love to the home team, but it feels like Orlando with that big crowd behind them and Kaka coming back. Um, I actually think that they're, that they're going to have a pretty good game. You want a you want a great Fernando Adi stat? Please. He has more key passes this season than Mauro Diaz. Hmm. Valeri is way ahead, leading the league at twenty. Then you have Sasha Kleshton at twelve. Adi has eleven, and Mauro Diaz has ten. So Fernando Adi is up there with people that he shouldn't even be touching because he's a target forward but he's ahead of Federico Higuain he's ahead of Graham Zussi Michael Bradley Piotti Lee Wynn I mean it it's kind of ridiculous how involved he's been in Portland's attack so far that is pretty ridiculous yeah it's good find pretty solid you would I mean when he first came into the league you were questioning whether he even could pass (laughs) and it's been what a year and a half since he came in so yeah, I'm I'm really impressed lately, and I think it's also a a factor. Just he's playing in a great offense, but still he's he's definitely holding his his end of things there. I like it. I like it. Well, I'm gonna finish this podcast on that note. 
because uh, we don't always get um, some excellent stats like that. So uh, thank you to Fernando Adi for all of those passes for making uh, all of us look good. And guys, good luck this weekend. Good luck, guys. I feel like that was a little bit of a backhanded compliment. <laughs> good luck, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com